Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Jurassic Views. Zion Bryce in the building, talking post-game versus the Celtics. I, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good, man. I saw the stats, I saw the highlights, I saw the first half, and I had a song in my head last night, Zaya. Uh, what was it? I had the players anthem, Junior Mafia and Biggie in my head. Damn. And I'll tell you why, very simply. We went into this game without three of our starters on a back-to-back on yet another road game. And we went in and made Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and more importantly, Brad Stevens and all Celtic pride sweat it out. If they lose that game last night, they're scratching their heads. They're making, you know, knee-jerk decisions uh, at the trade deadline. But they scrape it out and have swept the Raptors. But I'm feeling good because, man, oh, man, I know that we have another level. I know that we have that other gear that can put teams in very difficult positions nightmarish kind of mind states thoughts my friend on posting uh since we're on the hip-hop uh tangent uh what i'm thinking about is uh moment of truth it's an album by gangstar who's uh you know born and raised in boston area um that actually tsn was playing i was playing the song yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which oddly enough i don't know how that got passed through the executive producer's uh, approval, but um, much respect. Maybe and welcome to the 21st century. Maybe Jack Armstrong was sharing a 40 with the production team. <laughs> he calls a green tea, but we, <laughs> wink, 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 Jackie. We know it's we know it's, we know what's good. Um, Moment of truth was, you know, we know who the Boston Celtics are. We know the, uh, we know who we are in terms of a roster. Uh, if you know the score and the stat sheet doesn't tell the whole story, but it was a very close game, um, and I think the turn of events happened more so uh, mid fourth quarter. Uh, I think you're asking for from a Toronto Raptors standpoint a lot out of, a, you know, a Norm Powell, Kyle Lowry, and uh, select number of role players, right, against uh, a Boston Celtics team that uh, want to narrate a season that they are, quote-unquote, struggling and underachieving, rightly so. But at the end of the day, they still have two bona fide all-stars. I would also add a third all-star in Kemba Walker. He just doesn't get – he's just not getting the nods, <laughs> 
from the public. Uh, but he, at the end of the day, he produces like an all-star. So uh, they all, all of them played last night and, uh, and they were with uh, their star boy sideline, uh, Brad Stevens. Um, on our end, I mean, Scoyola was um, on the sidelines and busting his ass. I really was impressed, Bryce, with uh, how he rolled it out and uh, shortened our rotation um, and which I think produced a level of results that I think we can be relatively proud of, um, not in a pat- uh, patronizing way, but, you know, kind of more so proud of as a Raptor fan than our performance against the Detroit Pistons, sure. right? For sure. Where we, you know, I think we fell flat on our face. We were, we showed uh, being ill-prepared. And uh, shoot, we, we showed up with our pants down, you know, kind of a, yeah, kind of a deal. Big time. Um, one thing I will just outline, you know, despite the hardworking play of uh, our guys on the court, as well as, you know, it was a competitive game. Kudos to the Boston Celtics. Uh, I do just want to outline really quickly uh, the referees uh, last night, uh, Brent Barnacki, Scott Foster and Ben Taylor. Um, just want to acknowledge the, the hard work you did last night on behalf of the Boston Celtics. And um, and for listeners, if you would like to communicate with either of them or send them mail uh, and congratulate them personally, um, uh, here's their uh, information and it's the following. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you, know, I, I don't, you know me, I, I want to see a style of basketball without the interference of the referees. And I felt that that was what I was going to get uh, halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but into the third and the fourth, I started to see some calls uh, that were unnecessary. I think Jack Armstrong was going to lose it. I heard one comment uh, in terms of just he just ripped. There was just a moment where he just kind of ripped on them. And uh, and then he kind of played it off as just he's being animated. It's the... Uh, it's the end of the week. It's a back-to-back, et cetera, et cetera. But he was legitimate yeah, in his claim right. that it was it was just not it's it's not favorable to the game of basketball. Um, and uh, if you're not gonna and it if you're not going to call it, we understand all stars get the calls, but when it's some calls that are just obvious and it's and it's a it's become a trend, um, it's disruptive to the game. Uh, it gives at least the Toronto Raptors who play an aggressive style of defense uh, a bit more hesitancy. And it gives someone like uh, Terrence Davis, right? We can shit on him all we want defensively. Um, he had a good game last night. Just want to put that out. Um, but then you, if you're asking him to learn and grow and to understand the defensive schemes and to emphasize a level of aggressiveness but then you're just getting then you're just giving him you know you're calling fouls on him um that are quite inconsistent that we won't get on the other end it becomes a little confusing for someone who's trying to learn and grow in their defensive identity right and so um so what so what is it can i can i be aggressive should i not be aggressive right is it my positioning should i not reach and use my hands like i'm being taught by fred fred van vliet who leads the league in deflections and steals or you know it's it, it gets so confusing and so again um i don't want to uh, uh continue on a rampage on the rest but i just want to highlight that as uh you know it's it's it just unaccept- it's come to a point where it's unacceptable and you can 
you can say that we don't have we're not favored in the NBA. I'm not taking the woe is me, the victimization kind of uh, carte um, that most you know Toronto Raptor fans take. But I do would like I do want um, equity, right? I, I would want fair. Uh, I should say parity or you know fairness as it relates to uh, the calls, or just call the game the way it's supposed to from the start and end it the way you called it to start it uh, in order for the game to flow much better. Yeah. I mean, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. If, if, if fans, uh, if people who are uh, listening to this podcast want to do a very simple, uh, you know, kind of homework assignment over the all-star break, take a look at the games against the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. Look at the free throw disparity between us and them in those games. Uh, if you want to do some further homework, look at the strength of schedule. The Raptors for the season, not the second half of the first half, but for the season have the seventh most difficult strength of schedule. The Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets have the uh, are in the top five for the easiest schedules on the season. That is something that is very correct correctable by the league office. Uh, the refereeing on the other side with the free throw disparity comes down to what stars are on what teams, what stars does the league want to lift up? What is on American media? And for me personally, I think there's an inherent bias against the Raptors because there's, uh, they're from Toronto. I think that's a really simple study to do, but the numbers speak for themselves. And I think just my last point in terms of the free throw disparity, the free throw disparity at the start of the game was 12 to zero through the first 15 minutes, I believe. The Raptors didn't get to the line till about the, the nine minute mark, if I remember correctly in the second quarter. Uh, if I remember, if that, I remember that, correctly. <laughs> that, that just is unacceptable. Oh, and at that point, Terrible. because here's what a lot of quote-unquote objective Toronto writers will have you believe, that the Raptors don't go to the paint. At that point in the game, the Raptors had 18 points in the paint the Celtics at 16 so just like really quick numbers you can take deep dives those are really quick numbers that uh there's not a proper evaluation by the league nor journalists in Toronto although they've now in the last week or two have now been catching up even uh TSN has been posting statistical uh, differences in free throws. And now, of course, our man Jackie, who is always going to tell you the straight goods, he's also calling guys out. But you know what? Jackie's always been doing that. Yeah. Now, to switch yeah, gears yeah. on Go another ahead. Raptors uh, journalist's Twitter uh, tweets trend. Damn. And this is fun. And this is fun because we've been talking about this for about three weeks now. There were some great tweets last night about norm powell getting a contract a big contract this summer and i i'm thankful that some journalists can show that they have uh, a, a fandom to their journalism uh because that gives a little bit of 
authenticity to the people who read about the Raptors from their writing. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of four year deals, 18 million a season or more. And I think, you know, even the Boston guys, I, I listened to some of the, the Boston broadcast last night, even the Boston guys were saying, People can't sleep on Norm Powell anymore. Norm Powell is one of the most legitimate shooters in the league. Norm Powell uh, is probably the sneakiest stat line in the league. Uh, Really impressive stuff, man. And and I think we've talked about it a lot. I've even said he's, you know, a developing Clay Thompson-like shooting guard. Clay Thompson, yeah. What, what what do you think, man, about what is you know these great positive things that are being said about Norm, despite our season being a bit disappointing? Yeah, line, uh, Norm's line last night was twenty five points, uh, four assists, two rebounds, seven for eight from the free throw line, four for ten from the three point line, for a total of seven of seventeen uh, from the field. Um, he knew that the offense would run through him, especially. Uh, when Kyle's shots just weren't falling uh, and uh, you know, one would say, you know, Kyle, you know, was more emphasizing his playmaking, but he, I think he would acknowledge that uh, he just didn't have the offensive flow, at least from a shooting standpoint. So Norm has absorbed a lot of that. And what that does is it uh, provides a level of structure to our offense. Now, Bryce, he was also just, just hot. My team was just on yeah. fire in Start the first the half, uh, and the numbers suggest that. But and so that gives a level of um, level co- uh, of structure and continuity for our offense, and it then allows for the role players to f- situate themselves better, uh, especially in the half court. And so it allows someone like a Chris Boucher, you know, a Plumley, and then suddenly reawakens himself. Uh, last night against, uh, you know, a quite solid lineup in the Boston Celtics. Yeah. My dude goes off. I mean, 30 points, uh, five rebounds, five for th- nine from the three-point line, uh, total 11 for 15 from the field. Um, he and Norm Powell fouled out, you know, and I think we can we, – we've already addressed the, 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 the foul calls uh, from last night. Um, and uh, he made a play – uh, in the in the second half, where he you know he's hot, that he was being run off the three point line, pump faked, put the ball on the floor, and finger rolled it, going straight to the rim. And I and that to me signified a level of development that we started to see at the be- signs of it at the beginning of the season when he would take a mid range jump shot, Bryce or. Um, or put it on the floor to create just a little bit, just to keep the defense honest um, and not just be predictable as a pop, uh, as a pick and pop guy. And uh, I'll take it, right? Like, I, you know, I know it's a tough stretch for us missing our core players and uh, being booty slapped by the Detroit Pistons and then going on the, on the road and going against the Boston Celtics and, and losing this one. But those were you know, significant takeaways. Uh, Boucher is continuing his stretch of impressing 
uh, folks in the basketball world, uh, you know, in terms of his accolades as the most improved player of the year or six uh, or uh, or six man getting six man nods. Uh, but at least just for us internally, we can rely on him when the time comes come playoff time. Right. I would go as even as far as to say that I don't want Chris Boucher to be part of an annual no. trade package leaving the Raptors. I think he's carving himself in terms of an identity with this team. And, and he has a role that uh, the players like Kyle are depending him for. Right. So in terms of contribution and um, yeah, but you know, to answer your question earlier, and I'm sorry about this. Uh, I got too excited. Uh, you know what? Uh, short answer, sign Norman Powell on the offseason. Give him 20 uh, a, a year uh, with that last year, uh, if it's four years, that last year being a player right. player option. He's still quite young. He's yeah. part of the championship core, and we want continuity more than anything, right? And so especially if we, quote, you know, if we, fingers crossed, lose Kyle either this season or the next – uh, you still want someone who can, uh, you know, project that DNA, right? And um, that uh, Kyle was so instrumental in in cultivating. And so uh, Norm Powell is a part of that core. He's part of that tree, right? So, um, and I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see his development, uh, both offensively as well as defensively. I think he got a bit fatigued and was making a few mistakes defensively, but otherwise we know what he can bring when the time, when the time uh, uh, calls. Right. And I still remember that duel he had with Chris Middleton, which to me solidifies the fact that, Hey, low key, he's not going to get the L-star nods, but he can compete with the best of them in the Eastern conference price. And so um, you were talking about no one invokes a level of fear in the Eastern conference. Well, Last night, Boston Celtics didn't do that either, even with their healthy all-star lineup. And we were without our core guys, right? With the exception of obviously Kyle Lowry and Norm Powell. And so if we could do this to you without our core guys, goodness gracious, imagine when we have a full roster, healthy, ready to go. Yeah. Goodness gracious. No. Y'all not ready for this. What's next? Drake, Jake dropping, Jake dropped uh, a, a, a snippet yeah. of the album last night, and he had this, you know, um, and you know what's next. And I would yeah. say, who's next, right? Like, because no one in in the Eastern Conference is is distinguishing themselves as a threat to us. Um, and you want, you know, you can dismiss me saying I'm just biased here, but no, I mean, look, let's look at the numbers. One. Um, we've beat uh, the top Eastern Conference foes, uh, with the exception of the Boston Celtics. Um, but there's something in me that Brad Steven knows when he goes oh, yeah. to bed at night. Uh, he still remembers how he could have lost his, uh, you know, how he they could have lost that series in the bubble, being up 2-0 and ha- having us come make a comeback. And... And like you've mentioned earlier, you know, those two games were quite close, except that that third one, which, you know, um, earlier in the season, we just got we were disoriented. So anyway, that was a little longer of a stretch, but you know where I stand. Uh, You know, 
in the Eastern Conference, when you look at the teams that are currently above us, and I won't talk about the New York Knicks because I think in a seven-game series and maybe even the second half of the season, but in the, in a seven-game series, I don't think they've got it. I don't think they're, they're going to be able to perform at a level that's going to challenge in, in the first round. Um, but when you it. look at the other teams, Miami, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, None of those teams as teams, okay, as they're assembled right now, none of them have won a chip, right? And in the case of the Brooklyn Nets, they haven't been to the finals uh, recently, right? Uh, You look at uh, Boston, they haven't been to the finals. Uh, The only team in that group who's been to the finals uh, is Miami. Not only do we have a chip in our hand, we don't have any pressure on us because our own media and our own fan base has not put any pressure on this team to get to the conference finals, let alone the NBA finals. And we already have established a core for next year or whenever Kyle Lowry leaves. So we have, you know, Chris Boucher, Norm Powell, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, who, you know, have are, are already signed for at least one more season, if not, you know, three or four more. This is an exciting time for us uh, to really develop this team and make whoever we get in the first round sweat. Uh, and if we win the, that, some coach is going to get fired. Uh, and it's ex- for me, it's exciting because – no one's expecting this. And, uh, you know, no one in the U.S. media wanted to predict this. Uh, and we, this shows, once again, how well we have organized ourselves, how well we've created continuity, consistency, and a program that is just, you know, uh, top class in the NBA. We are like the Miami heat. We are like the San Antonio Spurs of years gone past. And I think it's, it, it's just such a testament to Masai and, and Nick, Bobby and, and everybody. Um, so regardless of what we've done, regardless of what we're going to do, we've, we've, we've done enough that when it comes to that first round of the playoffs, uh, that I, I think if anything, we're, we're the ones who are going to be intimidating the opposition. Okay, Bryce, I said I would do this every yeah, single yeah, let's do it. episode. Let's do it. I'll find a way. So I'll, I'll just remind you what this man did last night, right? I said he didn't shoot it well, right? Shot five for 18 from the, from the field. And he was on himself saying he didn't shoot enough against the Detroit Pistons. So what he does, shoots five for 18, right? Three for 11 from the three-point line. Goes to the line twice, he shoots it, shoots it when he's one for two. So I don't understand uh, when people say he don't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't deserve the calls. I don't know what you're asking him to do to, to, to earn that, to, to earn that 19 assists, three rebounds, four turnovers. Let me repeat myself. 19 assists, 14 points. Uh, Kyle Lowry continues to show that he's this man that has his, 
you know, has the, his finger on the pulse of the game. Not many guys in the league have that. LeBron James has it. I think Luka Doncic has it. Um, and Kawhi Leonard has that. Yeah, Chris Paul, obviously, right? we can say it. that. Chris Paul, you know, I'll mention, I'll, I'll also mention Chris Paul. And I, and I also believe um, Jimmy yeah. Butler also yeah. has that kind of. But you're, you're talking about five or right? six guys. Yeah, you can count them in your hands, right? Um, Kyle Lowry, you know, I'm having a conversation with an anonymous source. Let's just call him my flatmate. And, you know, who's who's a diehard Miami yeah. fan. And he says, you know, you know, you know, every so often he says, hey, what do you think about, you know, Goran Dragic and a, and a future first round draft pick? for a Kyle Lowry. I'm like, are you mad? First of all, I don't want one are of the dirtiest crazy? players in the league playing on my team. <laughs> it's an insult, right? This is a huge asset. That's like asking, you know, hey, could you, would you want to trade in um, uh, an Aston Martin for a uh, 2019 Volvo sedan? Now, who, yeah. What do you want? These are two different lanes. We're in two different, we're, we're doing two different yeah. things here, right? And um, I don't want to, you know, deduct, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry's values to a, to a, to a high bougie ass vehicle, but you know, he he's he's an incredible leader. He has in, he has value or intangibles that um, that go beyond what you can actually measure. And so, um, what do you ask yeah. for, or what are your demands? Yeah. Uh, here's a guy who also is what 19 points away I think this is right 19 maybe it was going into last night's game 19 points away from overtaking Chris Bosh in all-time points for the Raptors so not only is he top four or five all-time in rebounding not only is he top assists getter not only if he you know is he second in games all-time uh, not only is he a six-time All-Star, uh, the most All-Stars for the franchise, now he's, you know, just a game away, really, from having the second most points in franchise history as a point guard. I mean, he has done so much for the franchise. If he wanted to come back for $15 million a year next year and say, this is it, I'm, I'm hanging him up after next season, and he'll do that Dwayne Wade NBA tour farewell. I'm totally fine with that, man. I think it's exciting. Um, I think I think he's worth it. If he even asked for 20 mil, I might even give him 20 mil if we had to go into the luxury tax a little bit. Uh, we have talked about statues being outside the building. Uh, I think there should be a, a billboard that, or, or maybe paint Kyle Lowry's face on the side of uh, the Air Canada Center. Uh, Name a street yeah. after him. Name a yeah. street in the in Toronto's yeah. downtown core after Kyle yeah, Lowry. Absolutely. Yeah. We we don't need something called the Lake Shore. We know it's beside the lake. <laughs> Call it Kyle Lowry Way, man. <laughs> Change. You know, no one knows how to pronounce Queens King anyway. <laughs> Just call it. <laughs> Kyle Lowry yeah, Boulevard, right there. you know what I mean? Goodness yeah. gracious. I mean, go, I mean, everyone knows that the lake is near on the province of Ontario. Exactly. Right? Like, we can call it something yeah. else. We can call it something yeah. else. Uh, Lowry Lake, you know what and, I mean? I'm going to go skinny dipping in Lowry Lake. 
I'm going to go. And yeah. should and should um, he play next season? Should he play next season for us and have a farewell season? It's his 10th season as a Raptor for us next year. If that should happen, regardless of what we do in the season and in the playoffs, because we will make the playoffs again next year, and we will probably be in the top four next year. Whatever happens. Can you repeat that just for – Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we will be in the playoffs uh, next year. I think it will be our eighth straight playoff bid uh, next year. And we will be the, in the top four. We will win in the first round next year. Because we'll be in Toronto and we'll be that much more difficult to handle. Fans will be in the building, et cetera. But at the end of that season, whatever happens, Kyle Lowry should be given a parade by the city. Um, I, and I'm, I'm happy to work with the city of Toronto if they need this. I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's other people who would get on this as well. But I'm happy to, to, to draw out where the parade should be. And I would even say that that parade should go from uh, a Scotiabank arena. Sorry. I always call it the ACC Scotiabank arena all the way to Brampton and then, and then (laughs) back down to Mississauga and take not the Lakeshore Kyle Lowry way all the way back. So you're going down, you go down here, Ontario from Brampton to Mississauga and then from Mississauga uh, you then don la- the, the lakeshore yeah. as the Kyle Lowry way all the way back into the downtown. Goodness gracious, that's like a five-hour, yeah. six-hour well, it's, it's deserved. It's deserved. That's like that's that's like caravan. Oh, definitely, man. And and we should come up with a name for it. I don't know what it should be. Obviously, not caravana. But uh, and you know what? I'd be I'd be foolish to not include in that parade route Scarborough because let's be honest Scarborough is where the, where the heart of the city is right Scarborough has always been the heart of the city in the last 40 years so if we don't go through Scarborough uh there would be a riot and and deservedly so so th- this might be an all-day affair so not only are we having a parade this man is getting a national holiday not not just ontario holiday not just a toronto holiday a national holiday for kyle Lowry. talk about propaganda <laughs> this is east this is east germany <laughs> 80s style propaganda here man. <laughs> um no i love it i love it um I, you know in more um practical realistic terms here um uh his value continues to illuminate me and astound me and so i think we are going to take a few days off right um yeah i know kyle is not playing in the all-star game uh should have been a seventh i i think just out of merits and and precedent he should have been deserving of that spot but anyway um you know rest up let's let's have a long think um and process what's next for the second half of the season and uh yeah and 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 for for kyle lowry in that rest i think obviously he can't come into canada but i think he should get up to minnesota and he should just sit in the snow sit in an in like a lake to cool off that body (laughs) to give him some recovery my goodness um well what he's uh continued to to sacrifice for the squad um 
Yeah. So I, I think, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, what the second half of the season looks like, uh, especially as our guys come back after the health and safety protocols. Again, I wish all players as well as coaching and staff um, yep. we need them. being well and safe, uh, them and their families, obviously. And I, uh, uh, but I am I'm, I am looking forward to the break. I think it's going to be important for our guys, and I look forward to the second half and what it has uh, in store. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, don't forget for those who are listening. Although maybe you've already clicked off because we've talked about Kyle Lowry too much, uh, but don't forget that uh, there's an All Star game. There's lots to talk about uh, this game in particular, but also. Games gone past in our uh, in our archives. We're going into an All Star Game moments archives. I and I, and uh, we'll also talk about some league musings, and we're going to focus on the coaches of the league and some hirings and firings, which were suspicious at best uh, this past year, and then some some coaches who have really stood out in the first half, having done an excellent job with their team. Uh, Listen, man, uh, we still have lots to talk about, many more, tri- many more tributes to Kyle Lowry and many more exciting podcasts in the second half about just how good this team could be without really a full, a full roster yet um, and not playing in the city of Toronto. Exciting stuff. Wonderful to talk to you. We'll talk soon. To everybody else. Yeah.